lock the doors. That's when you could see for the first time that she'd done all that perilous driving, all that squealing around concrete pillars and speeding up the multi-story ramps in a pair of pretty Prada heels. Name brands and labels were very important to Sarah, and she displayed them any time she had a chance. Each time Sarah entered her offices in the financial district, you could see someone teasing her about her performance in the smart park. They loved to laugh about it on the trading floor. They joked about it as she entered the pit. They pestered her as she hooked up her nest of cables and wires and speakerphones and screens. Did she manage to snag the space with her name engraved on the gold plaque on the curb? Did she ever think of signing up to drive for NASCAR? Who did she think she was, Mario Andretti? And Sarah would shrug all this attention off with a puzzled smile, not understanding exactly why everyone made it such a big deal. She lived life in overdrive, but to her, it was normal. Sarah liked to have everything in her life just so, from the progression of the music selection in her iPod, from the latest pop on the charts to light jazz, to the lineup of rollerball pens, three black ink and three blue, in the little trough built into her desk drawer, from the baby soap samples and finger snacks she stored inside the diaper bag, so Kate could be dropped off at the babysitter's on a moment's notice, to the entryway of her house, where she kept Mitchell's shoes, knapsack, galoshes, jacket, and cub's cap, all within easy reach for a little boy darting out the door. From the color-coded Tupperware suppers in the refrigerator, a few of which she prepared ahead on the weekends, others she brought from the grocery or the caterers, to Joe's shirts, ironed and arranged where he could find them by sleeve length in the closet. Sarah felt that having everything organized was a matter of survival for her, a necessary habit. She felt driven to be a supermom, as efficient in her home as she was successful at her job. She needed to squeeze everything she could out of her days. Life was there for the taking, and Sarah Harper was focused on taking all of it she could. And when you were as busy as Sarah, and you had all those plans, things must never be taken out of order. Sarah liked to keep her to-do list as finely tuned as the engine in the Lincoln she drove. This, she had decided, was the way to happiness. Sarah had similar expectations of other people. As a matter of fact, she strongly believed that to live any other way would equate to a wasted life. This morning, as Sarah tossed her dark hair over her shoulder and entered the Roscoe Futures Group offices, an alarm sounded on her personal data assistant, reminding her of an upcoming meeting with one of the firm's senior brokers. At the same time, she was exchanging shop talk with a client, her cell phone earpiece barely jutting from her head. If you want to do this, we'll have to do it later in the week. You'll have to set up an appointment with Leo. Anyone who didn't realize she had a phone in her ear would have thought she was talking to herself. Add to that, she was thumbing through a report, searching the latest market forecast for any commodity prices that look like they might rise. You get your parking spot again? A guy from Human Resources teased her. Wouldn't want you to start things off wrong. Sort of like getting up on the wrong side of the bed. How's it going, Andretti? Someone added. Ready for another day at the races? Sarah ignored the parking space comments and dropped a box of folders on her assistant's desk. She backed halfway through her own office door and eyed the intern, a small, anxious-looking youth named Leo McCall. Leo took care of office duties. He'd gone through at least 11 different interviews to get the internship. 
Taking him on as an intern meant she could get away with asking him to do anything because he was in training. If luck held out and the market ever came back, he'd also become a commodities trader one day. Call me in a minute. She pointed to her earpiece and cocked her thumb like the trigger of a gun. I've got to get off this thing, she mouthed. No, she told the earpiece as she disappeared inside her office. I can't. This evening is out of the question. And for a moment, she considered explaining why. That she was meeting the two gentlemen in her life at the Cubs game. That something always got in the way when they tried to have time together. That even though Joe insisted they sit in the bleachers at Wrigley, she was really looking forward to it this time. She swapped her navy blazer for her trading jacket and, still talking on the phone, attached the rat's nest of wires to a microphone that curved under her jaw and referred to the small mirror on her shelf while she twisted her dark curls into some semblance of a bun.